All right, well, the, the E, you know, there's several words in the alphabet that's going to be pretty hard <laughs> to come up with a good biblical subject, a topic. I dread the letter X. <laughs> uh, Z, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's some of these really weird. Well, E was one of those words that, you know, you don't have a whole lot of topics. It just begins with the letter E. But um, I was thinking about the, this guy by the name of Enoch. And I think Enoch, if my memory is, is correct, I think Enoch is only talked about in six verses in all of the Bible. But he is an important person. Now, if you just go to the, like a search engine and look up the word Enoch, you're going to see it mentioned more times than six. But remember, in biblical times, everybody named their kids after somebody in their family. So there may be three or four Enochs in the Bible, but this is the Enoch that God really brings about. And it's kind of a real, really weird word, but we're going to dive right on in here too, because there's a there's two there's two lessons that we'll we'll learn today by looking at this this Enoch. Hey, brother Jimmy, come on in, bud. Come on in, make yourself at home. Sue, give me a heads up that you might sneak in here today. Yeah. All right. Um. Alright guys, this is Brother Jimmy McKinney. We were just talking about the backgrounds we all come out of and the churches we all come out of. Brother Jimmy come out of 3rd Avenue Congregational Church with Brother uh, Freddie Vicks for all those years. So we've all got a different background. We've all got a different road here. But uh, we're, uh, we're, looking, we're going through the ABCs, brother, of our um, different topics. So today the E stands for Enoch. Um, and so we dive right in. We, first of all, we see a man named Enoch. Some of these verses are going to be repetitive, but I think when we're done today, there'll be two lessons that we can learn that we see from him. First of all, here's the man. Here's the first reference. Enoch lived 60 and five years, and he got Methuselah. Now, what is Methuselah known for? The devil. The devil? Yeah. Living a long time. Living a long time. That's right. <laughs> Methuselah is the man who lived the longest on, on planet Earth. <laughs> man, he had a Maybe good guess. Manny had a good guess. I mean, now. Uh, Medusa. That's why I'm Greek. That's why he's Greek. That's right. Um, Methuselah, yeah, it's Miss uh, Teresa's right. He actually lived longer. Hey, Cindy. Sorry. No, you're okay? Hey, oh, bless your heart. Been there, done that. <laughs> Wrong. No, hey, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna just throw this out here. Here, I'm gonna let y'all dip into the pool of my useless knowledge. Batteries are cheaper than anywhere at Sam's Club. <laughs> there was For some reason, I didn't turn the switch all about. Ah, it's all. Good. And in my Bible index, it only shows six times his name is mentioned. Okay, yep. So I was right. So I just okay. looked it up. I got you. Okay. <laughs> I was right. Um, I brought my grandson, so of course the devil's trying to get me frustrated. Oh, absolutely. Well, we're just we're just now getting started. Literally, we've read the first part of verse number one. That's it. Um, but seriously, if you got a dead battery, Sam's Club has the cheapest batteries of anywhere, unless you go on advancedauto.com and use the coupon code, which which I have not have paid. I have not paid full price. I have not paid full price for a bat in any auto part in years. Uh, but anyway, so Methuselah lived longer than anybody. 
Okay, but so let's get back to his dad, Enoch. He lived 60 and five years and he begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and he begat sons and daughters. And all of the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Now there's a lot in that portion of verses that we're going to touch on as we go throughout our lesson. But the thing you need to see is, first of all, he was the father of Methuselah. He was 65 years old when he had Methuselah. Now, we don't know for sure if Methuselah was his first child, but chances are he was. Um, when you start having kids, it changes your life. You think different, don't you? Amen. Absolutely. It makes you grow up. <laughs> it makes you look at things differently. Um, so uh, he... When he, I think maybe when he got Methuselah, he thought, man, I need to start getting closer to the Lord. And uh, we see he lived 365 years. All right. So that's Can the man. Something? Sure. It might be dumb or something. There's no dumb questions in here. <laughs> no, well, no dumb answers either. There's no dumb answers either. There's no dumb answers. With that saying, 365 years, is that in, you know, that's not. Yes, ma'am. In God's, in God's eyes, those. Is it the same year as we think of a year, right? It's not like a dog. I mean, no, no, no. That is an excellent question that many people have asked me over the years. Some people don't understand, and that's real hard for me to understand, too. And for him, that would probably say, man, he lived. No, man, that is not a dumb question. That is a very good question that I think every believer has had to look into. These are 365 literal years. Oh, so they are. Methuselah lived 969. Literal years will say, well, how did they live so long? The world was different then. Before the flood in Genesis chapter 6, which, of course, this is before the flood, it did not rain, okay? So in the atmosphere, scientists believe in the atmosphere, there was a water chamber in, in, in the sky, in maybe even space, all right? But this was apparently a big water cloud, a water canopy, a water canopy. That's good. Um, okay. When, and it didn't rain. So there was water inside the earth and above the earth in a canopy. Well, when God sent the flood, that water canopy bust. So all of that, that's where the rain come from. All right. That water canopy is believed by a lot of scientists that's what filtered out a lot of the harmful rays of the sun. So we don't we don't realize, at least I don't, because I'm a redneck guy who don't understand this, but you know, the sun is harmful. It's got the UVA, UVB, all of these rays. Uh, so when that water canopy filtered out the poisons and the toxins of life, um you live longer. That's why you're able to live 365 years or 969 years. You just live longer because food was more healthy now, uh, then. Uh, no, disease. no disease, no sickness. The bloodline was more pure because sin hadn't taken its toll yet. So we, the Bible tells us, of course, after the flood, Moses lived to be 120 and I know some others lived in the hundreds. Nobody got 200, 300 
plus. So that's an excellent question. That's why nobody believed Noah when he said it was going to rain. Yeah, yeah, because it hadn't rained. Absolutely. Were they kind of like, what's rain? I yeah, mean, when I'm he sure. was saying that, were they, I wonder if they were like, what are you talking about? I'll go a little bit further. I don't even know if uh, Noah understood what it was. But he just knew he that that's what was going to happen. He knows God told him to build an ark. So, I mean, you walk by faith. Well, if they'd never seen rain, of course they thought he was crazy because yeah. sure. he was talking about something that they didn't even know about. Absolutely. I probably yep. would think it too. I probably would have too. You know, yeah. I mean, but, um, but I don't no. Have a subject. I'm sorry. No, 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 that's a great question. A question. Some people don't understand. I've had kids, know. I've had adults, and everybody asked me that, mm -hmm. and that's great because you've you got to learn. Because I, I even growing up, I wondered, well, what's the difference? How does one guy make it to 900 years old, and now we're lucky if we make it to 90? Of course, I don't know if that's the luck's a good word nowadays in the world we live in. But anyway, so he lived 365 years. He got Methuselah at 65 years, walked with God. Okay, so we see the man named Enoch. We see the ministry of Enoch. Well, let's, uh, let's go back and look and what we know. You know, remember, Enoch's only in six verses. So this is what we know. First of all, through, he walked with God. Well, look, with, look at verse 24. Enoch walked with God. Now that's pretty simple. And I'm not going to waste a lot of time expounding on something and, and reading into something that it doesn't say. But the only thing I pick up from this was when you say you walked with, it just shows a, an action. I think walk is a verb. Now, I didn't do good in English. I'll be the first one to tell you. But I remember what the subjects and the verbs was. Don't ask me what a noun or a pronoun is, but he walked with God. It just denotes a daily action. So I believe he walked with God every day. Um, so literally, he walked with God. Then we see Jude over in the New Testament mentions him. He talked for God. So what was Enoch? Well, Enoch was the same thing in a sense that Noah was. He was a preacher. Now, not like the preachers we would know today. Um, he just would tell people, like Noah, y'all brought up Noah, Noah prophesied, you better turn to God and repent from your sin or judgment's coming. All right, so that's what Noah, uh, excuse me, Noah did, that's what Enoch did too. Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these things. Now, uh, he talks about judgment a little bit later in Jude. But what he was saying is, hey, judgment is coming. If you don't get right with God, you don't turn from your sin, judgment is coming. So he walked with God. He taught for God. And I love this. This is his testimony for God or that he pleased God in Hebrews 11, 5. And by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death but was not found because God translated him. Now, we're going to talk about that in detail here at the very end. So, um, he, he, uh, he, uh, he was translated, means he was raptured out, that he should not see death. He was not found because God translated him. Before his translation, he had his testimony that he pleased God. Now, most of you been in church for any length of time will recognize that Hebrews chapter 11 we call it the hall of fame of faith okay and as you read through Hebrews chapter 11 if you've never done it let me encourage you to do it you'll see these ordinary people who had great faith and just done great things for God and so um, by faith he just simply 
walked with God and talked, with, talked for God, and yet he pleased God. I heard somebody say on a podcast this week, we need to, make sure I get this right, we need to live our life to please an audience of one. So many times we live our lives to please others. And the only one that matters that you please is God. I learned a long, long time ago in ministry, if I try to please everybody, I'm going to have less hair than Brother Jimmy McKinney does. <laughs> okay? Because what, yeah, or Manny, yeah, Manny. Now, Manny's got, Manny's got a pretty head of hair. It's just, it's just on down south. Then. <laughs> and uh, I like Manny's beard, man. Can't have it all, Manny. If I could, if I could grow a beard like that, I would. Uh, but um, seriously, you've got to live to please an audience of one, and that's God Almighty, because nobody else matters. Because as a preacher, if I tried to please people, what would please one group of people would make the other group mad. And so here's how I do ministry. I do ministry, and I promised this church when I first came here, which none of y'all were here at the time, and, uh, which is good. Um, I promised the church when I got here to always make decisions that's best for the whole church, not just the one or two parts. And I've lived by that with to God be the glory. Um, so uh, uh, Enoch pleased God. So we see the man named Enoch. We see the mystery of Enoch. Then, thirdly, we see the message of Enoch. Now, I, I, in point B of uh, point number two, we see he talked for God. Well, this is what he said. Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, and here's what he said, Behold, the Lord cometh when 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that have uh, that are ungodly among them of their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and all of their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. There's a common denominator, common denominator in, that, in that, those few verses. He, he, he preached that judgment is coming on the ungodly. Okay? But I want you to understand, Enoch was only seven generations from Adam. So that's way back in the beginning. And while I'm here, biblical theologians believe the world itself is only about 6,000 years old, not millions of years old like uh, the evolutionists and the secular world makes you think. Okay, because you, you, you've heard it. We've all heard it. Millions of years ago, dinosaurs roamed the land. Okay. Well, what makes everything appear to be older than it really is? Because it was underwater for over a year. Okay, stop thinking about it. The flood flooded everything. It rained 40 days and 40 nights. We got another tropical storm, I think, tail coming through up here this week. So I, I'm dreading this week because I like to get outside. I like to do stuff. But I think it's supposed to rain a chance starting Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, prayerfully, the Lord's merciful and lets this thing go through quicker. But if it rains 
two or three days hard. I think uh, we got water standing everywhere. I think about that hurricane that come through the other year. Michael, I think it was. Oh. I went into the... Huh? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Michael. <laughs> messed that up, horse. Um, I went to the dentist that day, and it was just starting to sprinkle. By the time I got out of the dentist, it was flooded. And by the time I got home, man, I saw rivers and ponds near my property or on my property that never existed before. And that was just a hard rain for two or three hours. Could you imagine what it would be like when that water canopy broke and it rained for 40 days and 40 nights? The flood was so great, most theologians believe it took Noah well over a year for the water to recede and for the ark to come down and then to get off the ark. By the way, I mentioned dinosaurs. Dinos Jurassic Park's a good movie for box office reviews. Dinosaurs were mostly vegetarians. What, why did dinos do dinosaurs exist? Sure they do. You see bones in these museums. What happened to them? Plants and vegetables can't grow underwater. It died. So when the two dinosaurs got off the ark, they didn't have nothing to eat. So dinosaurs probably then came extinct. Okay, but that's, that's a lesson for a different day. Adam was the first created being. Seven generations comes Enoch. Enoch says, he prophesies, he preaches, the Lord is coming with 10,000 of his saints. That has not even happened yet. He's talking about the end of time. So Enoch, way back 6,000 years ago, Prophesy what God's going to do at the end of time. Isn't that crazy? He already knew. God already revealed it to him. Now we know that we know the judgment is coming because we have a completed Bible. Um, Robin's got one in her hand right there. I left mine. Oh, here's mine. Hey, we don't need prophecies because we've got this. The Bible is completed now. It tells us what's coming. Well, Enoch, God gave Enoch a vision, which God communicated to people back in those ways before the Bible. So Enoch was completed. Enoch saw judgment coming. And uh, what is Enoch talking about? Coming with 10,000 of his saints? Well, it speaks of the battle of Armageddon, which is found in Revelation 19, <clears throat> 11. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness does he judge and make war. All right, we, we know that's the description of Jesus. He's faithful and true. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his heads were many crowns. All right, the, the eyes of fire speaks of, of, of judgment, of purity. When you melt silver or gold, you melt it down, you get the impurities out. It's a trying fire, so his eyes are fired. He knows what's what. He comes to take away the impurities. On his head were many crowns. Crown speaks of power and authority. Um, he had a name written, which no man knew, but he himself. He was clothed in a vesture, uh, well, we would probably call a robe, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Again, that's a reference to Jesus. The armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Now, I be doggone, if you're going to go to battle, you ain't going to wear a white wedding dress or a white robe, are you? No. 
you gonna wear we gonna wear camo like Peyton and all his buddies That's did right. yesterday at the at the birthday party. Well, here's the thing. The reason we're white and clean is we're with the just and holy one. We're not going to have to fight no way. Why? Because he says, out of his mouth, that's the word of God, that's Jesus, goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. I've been preaching a lot about the love of God here recently in the in the, our 11 o'clock services. And you got to understand, God loves us as his children. God loves everybody, but he can't stand sin. Okay? So there's a verse we'll look at this morning in our 11 o'clock service. It says, God is angry with the wicked every day. Because God is so much holy, he hates, he hates sin. He hates wickedness. He hates... No doubt God has to look down and see the wickedness upon earth today. And it makes him angry, and rightfully so. Um, so, the judgment is going to be brought, the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And on and verse 16, And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. So, here's the message of Enoch. Judgment is coming. And as judgment comes... Uh, it's funny, Enoch prophesied of that 6,000 years ago and the day of judgment is not even close. There's a lesson in that for us. Sometimes God does not tell us everything. Very seldom does he ever tell us everything. Because he is working something far greater than you and I could ever imagine. Have y'all ever seen a, a tapestry? I don't know if anybody ever does any sewing or crocheting or needlework or anything like that. If you've ever seen the back of a piece of tapestry, it looks like a hodgepodge of mess because you've got colors going every which way. There's there's no sequence whatsoever. It looks like just like looks like a kid looks like a kid just took paint and just threw it all together. But you flip that piece of tapestry over and it's a beautiful piece of art. Well, I think we as earth, you got to understand, as we look up and try to figure out things up, we're seeing the bottom side of that piece of tapestry. We're seeing colors going every which way and all we see is a mess, okay? But God's the one doing that tapestry. And when we get to heaven and we get to look down or we get to see what God was really doing, it's beautiful. I'd like to know what he's doing with the United States right now. <laughs> but I promise you one thing. He's still in control and he's working it out according to his will. Okay. I will say yesterday was a farce. Yesterday was a joke. We know they claim victory. There's no states who have even certified their ballots. And the Supreme Court has already stepped in in Pennsylvania. So this thing is far, far from over. I don't know what the ultimate outcome is, but God gave me a peace Friday night. When everything's going good, everybody's happy, everybody's spending money, everybody's living it up, having a good time. They're not searching for truth. They're not searching for answers. But when bad things come, you get people looking for answers like Manny. 
okay? When the coronavirus and what's coming down this year, man, he goes, man, this world's a mess. I better find some truth to what's going on. And so here he is. Uh, that's the world we live in today. When if things have to get bad, and this is the piece that God give me, if things have to get bad for people to seek Christ, so be it. Amen? Because what ultimately matters if we're saved, if we've repented from our sin and by faith trusted Christ? That's the only thing that matters. I've got a friend this week. Yeah, I've got a friend who's had two massive heart attacks and, and have cardiac arrest twice in the same week this week. He's an older guy that I used to work for. I, I looked in a, in, a, in a lot of ways. I looked up to him as a, as a father, which I had a father, um, but he just taught me a lot. And uh, and I don't know if he's going to pull through. Right now, it looks it's looking good. I, don't, I worry about Brother Ray Whitley. I mean, we got. I mean, sooner or later, the the reality is we're all going to die. So what matters is we're right with Christ. And so God's working something beautiful, but he don't always let us know and he don't have to because he's God and we're not. And so we see the message of Enoch. Enoch had enough of God in him to preach. Judgment is coming. You better get right. And so that's the message of Enoch. And then lastly, we see the mystery of Enoch. We go back to Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. Now, I don't ever really want to get, get this too deep in this class, um, but the Greek word for translate is metathaime. Don't ask me to say that again. I don't know. It may be totally wrong, but we see what it is. It means to transfer or to literally transport or to change sides or to carry over. It's the same word we would use as rapture. Okay? It's the word to change sides. Enoch was literally walking with God one day, and God just says, come on up, Enoch. He raptured Enoch out. We know that because I like that. He was not found. You know, it's ironic that you just said that word because I'm, I'm not saying it, but we had a lot of that with our late Tuesday. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they're chain sides. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, they chain sides. That's for dog sure. Somebody told me this morning, I think Kenny White did, he said that they're, they've got proof about 300,000 dead people voted, <laughs> which, which is, I mean, that's funny, but um, hopefully they can just prove it. Uh, there's more to this than what meets the eye. I will tell you that. I have read that. But anyway, um, literally, he was just taken to heaven. He was raptured out. So I believe with all my heart, Enoch here is a picture of the rapture that the believers in Christ will experience when God comes back. Well, when Jesus comes back, okay? So was it him that wanted to be like that because he didn't want to find doubt? He didn't want to find doubt. Oh, God wanted him to be raptured like that. Oh, God. I think God, I think God, oh, God. Want, God just took. He didn't want him to be, find out. Well, yeah, and, 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 and it, might, yeah, it might be, but I think it was <laughs> almost given to us as a picture of the rapture so we can oh, okay. really believe that the rapture is true. You oh, know, because some, denom yeah, some denominations don't even believe in the rapture. Yeah, no. All I can say is they'll be pleasantly surprised when it happens if they're a true believer. 
they'll just be pleasantly surprised um, because we do know the rapture is going to happen. First Thessalonians 4.16 tells us, The Lord himself shall descend with, uh, from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. All right, there's the rapture where Jesus comes in the clouds. His feet do not touch earth. So many people want to call the rapture the second coming, and it's not. The second coming, Jesus will come back at the end of the tribulation with us. That's what we just read um, in uh, Revelation 19. He will come back, then Jesus' feet will touch down on earth. It'll, he'll, he'll touch down at the Mount of Olives. That's the second coming of Christ. This is talking about the rapture where Jesus does not, this is before the tribulation happens. So, good news. We've heard enough bad news. This is good news. We as believers will not have to go through the tribulation. There's some other denominations that believe we will have to go all the way through the tribulation and then God will save us. Some believe we'll have to go halfway through the tribulation and God will save us. Nope. Yeah, I think scripture is strong enough and there's enough theology and doctrine that proves we will get raptured out before the tribulation. And so uh, this is what happens. Christ will come back with the trumpet of God the dead in Christ. Those are people who saved and are, are have their body has died, but their body will come out of the graves and be reunited with their soul in heaven. Then we which are alive shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the, other, for, in the air. And here's the best part. So shall we ever be with the Lord. And then one last verse, <clears throat> verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. And a mystery is just simple simply a truth that the previous generation didn't know about. So I'm going to show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. I say it, I always said they ought to put that above the nursery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. But no, the word sleep is a picture of death. So we shall not all sleep, we shall not all die, but we shall all be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So, at the twinkling of an eye, a lot of people like to say the blink of an eye. Well, blink of an eye is fast for us, but it could be, it, it's still, I guess, kind of slow in God's eyes. This is just a twinkle of an eye, the way light refracts off your eye. And it can't be measured so quick. So for some people, and I've heard some people say, well, I want to live and have fun, and I'll get saved right before the rapture comes. It'll be come and gone before you ever knew it hit them. And we think, we think we've seen bad things in, in this life. Wait to the catastrophe and chaos that will ensue once the rapture takes place. Because all of a sudden, there's going to be millions and millions and millions of people vanished if there's a if there's a unsaved mother who's carrying a child all of a sudden that child will be gone and that mother will be left I mean 
kids before the age of accountability, before they understand right and wrong and understand they need Savior. There could be mom or dad and a child walking in a park and that child is taken and the mom and dad's left. Could you imagine the chaos? That's why I believe the Antichrist will step up and he'll say, hey, I've got the answer. <laughs> he's got to be democratic. <laughs> he's got all the answers. <laughs> and uh, he's got the answers. And they're going to trust in him and then he's going to come in and help usher in this one world government, this one world monetary system and all of this. But here's the thing. I want you to just understand. First of all, Enoch was just a picture of the rapture. Literally, I believe that with all my heart. God was just showing to us something that's going to happen at some point. And it shows us he doesn't have to tell us everything. He tells us what he wants us to know and that's all Enoch needed to know was, hey, judgment is coming. And that's what he preached. Well, you don't think Enoch is one of them that's going to come back? Personally, I do not. There's a lot of people who do. And there's a lot of preachers who would like to fight and argue with that. Uh -huh. But if Enoch is a picture, this is how I think. If Enoch is a picture of the rapture, which I believe it or I wouldn't be touching. Enoch, when, if the rapture, what would the Lord say? We should be caught up in the, uh, together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord? I believe it's going to be Elijah, who is only the other man who didn't die. Elijah was carried in a chariot of fire to heaven. Okay. All right. But Elijah prayed that God takes his life. Remember after he defeated uh, 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 Baal and the 450 prophets of Baal? When Jezebel was chasing him, he went and hid by the, the brook at Cherith. And he, he was afraid for his life. He prayed God take him, would uh, let him die. Well, God took him to heaven. I think he's still going to get his prayer answered. I think he'll be one of the two witnesses that come back and that are eventually killed, but then they come back to life again. Uh, I believe it'll be Enoch, and I believe the other one will be Moses. Be Elijah. Yeah, yeah, Elijah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, my, my brain's going too far. I believe it'll be Elijah, and I believe it'll be Moses. Because if you look at the whole Old Testament, what does it consist of? The law and the prophets. Who gave the law? Moses. Does anybody know where Moses is buried? Nope. Even the archangels fought the devil looking for the body of Moses. So I believe it'll be Moses and Elijah. Yeah, because it says in Second Kings. Yep. 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 Absolutely. Man, Teresa's good, man. She got that Bible locked and loaded, man. I just want to ask one question. Sure. I know that Mandy and I spoke of, and I know it's over time now. No, you're fine. But it says that with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. We're speaking that when somebody dies now, that their spirit is going to heaven. But right here it's saying the dead in Christ shall rise first. So explain that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> it's your soul that goes to heaven. Right, soul is the, the soul, soul yep. spirit. Yep. So that's in heaven, but the dead, their body. Their body. Their body, right? Yep, yep, absolutely. Okay. I, now this is something and that I can't... asked me about that and said I'm going to him to hear I can't fully wrap my mind around what kind of body we're going to have in heaven before... Right. Our actual body gets there. Because mm -hmm. the Bible says we have a physical body, but it also says we have a spiritual body. Okay? And that's what I preached in that series. And I love that series more than anything I've ever studied. The series on the body, soul, and spirit. 
All right. A lot of people think that we are a body that has a soul. That's not true. It's actually opposite. We are a soul that has a body. So one day, this body is going to expire. It's just going to die. But that soul is going to live on. So as Paul said in 1 Corinthians, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So I can't wrap my mind around it. God hadn't showed me yet, and he may never. But somehow in heaven, we will have a spiritual body. Will it be like a ghost? I have no idea. I have, but the Bible says we will be known as we are known. So we're going to have some kind of spiritual body. All right. Then when the Lord comes in the rapture, our body, our physical puppet body, is going to get up out of the grave. And somewhere in the air is going to reunite with our body and soul. I can't absolutely say why God chose to do that other than he's promised us eternal life. And so maybe that's part of the promise is just prove to us that, I mean, I, I don't know. I can't wrap my mind around everything, but I do believe with all my heart. That's the way it's going to work. I just until, don't want this broken body. You won't. Body. You won't. Well, well, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, look, look, look what, look, if you got your page, look what that last verse said. Uh, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, that's short for trumpet, not Donald Trump, sad to say. <laughs> the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and shall be changed. This corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. There will be no sickness, there will be no sorrow, there will be no sadness, there will be no aches, there will be no pains. We won't get old. Uh, so the body you've always dreamed of is what it's going to be. Yes. It's pretty wild. My goodness. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. It's the body that God wants us to have. You yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. How about, how about our favorite ever pet? you think we'll see our favorite pet or they don't have a soul? No, well... Manny's really up. He's I, heard about. I, I, no, no. I want to see my one dog. Sure. Well, this is how I think about it. He's playing dogs. I, and I can't. I can't. I'm not going to die on this hill, okay? But animals don't have a soul, okay? But you, 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 you got sons, and if your sons loved a pet when they lost that pet, you'd do anything to give them that pet back, right? If our heavenly Father loves us that much. I would tend to think maybe he would like to give us something that that would make us happy. Now, I don't know that for sure, but I got some pets I'd like to have back. Oh yeah, I mean, but that's our reasoning while we're down here. When we get up there, we're going to think different. We're going to look different. We're going to act different. Everything's going to be different. When we get to heaven, I think we're going to be so enamored at the love and holiness of God. It ain't going to matter whether our pet's there or not. No, but you're going to be happy. But I do believe there'll be animals there. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. And you know it's going to be horses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the lion shall lay down with the lamb. But I think it's talking about the millennium too. So I don't know. I don't, I'd like to think it would be. But I think by the well, time we get there. I look at they're innocent like the smaller children. The pets are innocent and yeah. they don't yeah. understand the right from wrong, like we look at small children, that's what I think of of why they would. Right. And they may be. The New Jerusalem is going to be huge. 
So I don't see no issue. When we get to heaven, we're not going to know about the favorite pet we had. Probably not. You know, that, that it didn't come. You're just going to be happy because yeah. God's the promise was to be holy and happy and have everything you want. You're not going to know that. Uh, we're not, you know, you're not going to miss mm -hmm. it just like a loved one that don't come, that yeah. didn't make it to heaven. We're not going to know that because it's not going to be any sadness. Yeah. Uh, well, I think right. it'll be, I think the Bible, a lot of people say there won't be any tears in heaven. Uh -huh. It's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, I will wipe away all tears. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, I, there's so much we don't know that if he would have wanted us to know, he would have told us. But that's why I always go back to we walk by faith, not by sight. But I do know this. One thing I, somebody told me recently, don't ever speak where the Bible is silent. And vice versa, sometimes we have to speak where the Bible speaks too. Don't ever be silent where the Bible speaks, but vice versa. There's a lot we don't know, but truthfully, I think once we get there, it won't matter. It won't matter. But I'm like Manny. I've got a little dog that I actually would like to see again. But anyway, mm -hmm. thanks, Father, for this time and the uh, study of word. Thanks for the talk and the mm -hmm. uh, excitement and the energy in our class. Thank you, Lord, uh, for your truths of your word. We don't know everything, but we know that you're in control. And God, help us live for an, to please an audience of one, and that's you. Bless our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys.